Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yes, a space for performance, craft, and showbiz, where news and interviews will be flowing from music, film, content, and all that yes. So, by the title of this episode, you already know that we've got an interesting conversation coming up and we'll get to that in the next few minutes. But before that, I just wanted to do a quick catch up because it's been a month since our last check in. I'm not going to lie to you. Things have been intense these last two months as I've been working to finish my first TV show, as well as a couple of other exciting things we'll be hearing about very soon, including all that yes. And because of that, my time management has been a bit wonky and for that I apologize. I am toying with the idea of making this a seasonal podcast or maybe bi-monthly, and I'm also going to be pitching quite a bit in hopes that we can find a sustainable way to keep this going in a consistent manner. But what I can tell you for sure is that we will have at least two episodes coming out in the next month. And one of them will be our first recording in front of a live audience. So if you're based in Johannesburg or will be in Johannesburg on the 7th of May, keep your eyes out on our socials to come through and more details on that in our next episode. And now keeping with the theme of first, this episode is also a first because the Silverton Siege interview was my first live media junket. I've been invited to a number of virtual ones prior to this, but this was the first where all that Yaz or any other of my publications for that matter were invited specifically to an interview for media product in a live location. So Netflix had invited different publications to the Marriott Hotel in Melrose Arts to interview for the upcoming film Silverton Siege. They had their own cameras there, sound crew ready to record and facilitate the interviews and were each given slots to interview cast and crew members. So if the interview sounds different to what I'm sounding like right now, it's because of that. I was given one 10 minute slot with the leads. And when Netflix says 10 minutes, they mean 10 minutes. I was behind the camera asking questions. There was a talent handling the interview with the timer ready at nine minutes i got a tap on my shoulder telling me to wrap up because 10 minutes was 10 minutes overall i really enjoyed the whole experience i obviously wish i had more interview time to get deep into the film and the process with the actors but coming out on the 27th of april south africa's freedom day is a film called silverton siege which is inspired by real life events that occurred in the 80s for my money i think it is the best netflix original local film that has come out thus far or at the very least it's the one that i've enjoyed the most it has full blockbuster energy from the pacing to the score the chemistry and performances from the actors were captivating and the direction yo that direction was considered and gripping certain aspects of the story left question marks for me especially within the first act but the film really does some solid work in grounding even some of those aspects of it i definitely think it's worth your time and it has solid rewatch value so here's a taste of silverton siege before we get to the interview all units move in I watched the police gun down my parents. Go, 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 go. I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't stop until I avenged them. Go back, go back. That choice brought me here. The bank. This is bad. Come down. Tara, your side. And we are here with all that yesterday. I'm here with two thespians who between them have starred in critically acclaimed projects like Pila Sekind, Kalushi, and The Mauritanian. They are now leads in a thrilling Netflix blockbuster by the name of Silverton Siege, a hostage film inspired by real-life events that took place in Silverton, Pretoria in 1980. I'm talking about Tabo Rametti and Stefan Erasmus. How are you guys doing? 
Fantastic. What an intro, fantastic. Yeah. With that intro. Jeez. Woo. You just made you sound important. Yeah. I feel like my feet just went up. I like, feel sexy. Are we not? We're talking about lead stars here. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you guys doing? How's, good, how's this day treating you? Good, good. It's been really kind. Yeah. Uh, I get to hang with this uh, this crazy bunch. We're just missing Knox. Oh, uh, we're me. missing Knox. But otherwise, we're good. Yeah. yeah. And how are you guys feeling about Silverton Teach that coming from? I feel conflicted. Oh. I'm excited, yeah. of course, but then I'm also like, what's the world gonna think of me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I now com- I'm out there. <laughs> I completely understand that. Now this film, this is Mantla Kaisa Dube's sophomore release following 2017's Kalushi. And both these films follow Mkwante with Seeds with Soldiers and both star you, Tabarometi. Yeah. So I wanted to know more about your relationship with you being clearly a very strong use for Mantla and how that's kind of been working with him. Yeah, I always joke around and I say, uh, Mantla's the Scorsese to my De Niro or DiCaprio. We just get each other. We have a, a great shorthand. And, you know, Mantla's told me about this. Uh, there was always a series of three films. We're actually going to be doing a, another one soon. Uh, but we'll talk about that after Silverton Siege comes out on the 27th of April. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, he's, he's also a great muse for me. He's a spectacular artist. That was actually my f- a follow-up question because it feels like, again, since it's both in Koto and Siege films, this almost feels not like a sequel, but kind of there's a, there's a theme going on here. But then adapting a work like this, where a lot of the information surrounding the people you portrayed is speculative, it brings unique challenges, I'm guessing. So what was, what was it like finding each of your characters mm. for this specific form? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think one of the great things that we did was we met the families. Mm. So uh, that already inspired us a lot to be able to just realize that these individuals, these MK soldiers were actually just people. They were people with families. They were people with lives outside of this crazy world. You know, they they existed as, as individuals. And that for me was one of the things that really keyed me in that I had to make this a real person, yeah. you know. And then Mandla, sorry, Mandla as well was amazing with the amount of research yeah. he gave us. We had an entire room just full of, of history, of the South African history of the MK soldiers, of yeah. what happened in this country. So, yeah. I mean, props to Mandla for, for allowing us that space. Look, I have to, I have to just admit, like, Mandla's, he's such a great director because one, he always gives actors every resource you ask for, he'll give it to you. He treats actors like every other department. In the same way, a cinematographer needs a lens or a focus puller, he says, what do you as the actor need? Do you need training? Do this? And then he curated an entire exhibition for us mm-hmm. so we oh, could wow. sit in the exhibition and see the entire work. So we had so much of, he's done that for me all the time. But a key element is that we went to the tombstone yeah. of, and we've done it before. We did it with Kalushi as well. We went to the tombstone of the, the the original three who passed on. Even though our characters are different to them, yeah, because it's even different names. Different you see name, it at, yeah. the, at the end of the film, yeah. And then we did a ceremony called Upatha where we sort of speak to them and ask for permission to tell their stories and their daughters were there. And that influenced a lot of what we did. But that's actually a really good segue in terms of the preparation because the chemistry and the performances in this film were. It was amazing. It was really, really strong. And since this film tends to be quite dense, I'm pretty sure the the moments on set, you guys were kind of trying to keep it light or there were different like energy. So what were some of your favorite moments on set whilst working in this film? Um, I mean, the, the, the person that really, really kept us going is not Nox. here today. Knox uh, <laughs> is, she was, uh, she's amazing. She's oh. a fireball of energy of just this like, She'll dance in between scenes. She'll be doing crazy stuff. And then the camera will roll and she's still doing it. And we're like, oh, come uh, on. Uh, Nox, Nox, and she's like, I'm in it. I'm in it. Okay, girl. You act now. And we're just like, okay, Noxie. But I mean, that type yeah. of energy was just there on set with 
all of us, which was just phenomenal to to be a part of. Because usually, sometimes we get so bogged down. It's long days. Mm. Yeah. Um. But but everyone keeping up that energy is what inspires us to keep going. And then we're just having fun. Yeah. Which is the most wonderful thing to have. And it was such a tight set because there are not that many locations. So you guys really, I'm sure, got to have a a lot of time to just build that chemistry yes. just also in that specific space but now there's a suspense element in this film where it's teased that one of the silverton three is an informant mm-hmm. but what's it like actually playing duplicitous characters like is there is there an added fun to it when you're playing some a character with duplicity what's that like yeah i think um there's a that's that's such an interesting thing with playing duplicity because we say we do that as actors anyway, mm-hmm. where we sort of are ourselves and we're so far removed from our characters and so to play a character within a character, it's pretty much every character you play, you know, because who characters present themselves to the people and who they are when they're alone are already two different aspects. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think I always strive for is to tell the truth of the moment. So I had a wonderful lecturer who told me, just play the truth, what is happening in the scene, play that. That's all you need to do. The rest of it is up to the cinematography, is up to the way that the director's framing each shot, the lines that they've selected, the way that they've presented everything. That's how it's going to be viewed. You, as an actor, just need to tell the truth of the scene. And then now, in terms of the actual preparation, because sometimes I think people get uh, misguided in terms of how long these things actually take. What was the pre-production process like in terms of the length of how long you got to actually build your characters? I think you had a a longer time because you got the script a lot sooner than I did. But I think we started shooting in, rehearsing in in February, February, and then we only started shooting in March. So for me, it was like nearly a month of prep, which is unheard of for local productions. Usually you arrive on set (laughs) and then they just say, well, here's your papers, go. You know, I was like, oh, okay. But having that time and that level of care from a director is amazing. You know, it it just elevates everything and, and you get to just sit in your character for for so long and that's the most beautiful, beautiful thing to do as an actor. Yeah. You want to be able to to feel comfortable that you know this person mm. that you're portraying. I have to add on uh, Stefan's um, sentiments. You know, what makes Mandela do a special is that he fights for rehearsals for actors. Mm. He does not do a film unless you can give him rehearsal. He fights for it on the budget. It's so crazy because we all get cast three days before we have to do something. Yeah. And yet they still expect a level of performance that's competitive around the world. Whereas we wish we could give, be given six months just like maybe, like if Michael B. Jordan is doing like Creed, they will give him six to a year, right? Yeah. We as South African actors and African actors generally, we, we think we deserve exactly that amount of time and effort so we can compete at that level and as well. Mm-hmm. That role and find a way to find those characters. So for each of you, um, for the people listening, what would be one thing that you wish people could take out of this film when they now watch it? Yeah, I think when watching the film, it deals with this element of, of freedom and what is freedom. And, and I think that's the one thing that I would, I would love people to start discussing is what is this idea of freedom? What does freedom mean for you in your household, in your family? Is it that you want freedom at your workplace? Is it that you want freedom in your relationship? Is it that you want freedom, you know, when it comes to just going, being able to go to the store? Like, what does that mean for you? And I think for me, just in terms of identity and goals, I I hope that, uh, you know, people who watch this realize that if your dreams, if your identity, if your goals are held hostage by anything, lay siege, go after them, risk everything, because generally your freedom is worth just that, everything. Thank you guys so much for giving me your time and, yeah, I hope it's, this film is a great success because the work shows that you guys really gave 
really great performances and really care in making this one. Oh, oh thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks for your love spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me coffee first. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 49th episode of All That Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so by sending an email to all that yes podcast at gmail.com. I repeat, all that yes podcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned as we'll bring you more insightful episodes of our podcast. I am Yaz from All That Yaz and have a lovely rest of your day.